0: A fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of dataitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is—or the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends, my hootat friends across the country who are on pins and needles for the next 72 hours, wondering where Deshaun Watson is going to land. That's right, boys and girls. None of us have any idea, despite what you've been reading on Twitter and all your social media outlets. No one has a clue, and I think that includes Deshaun Watson himself. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at... The Times Picayune, The Advocate, and Bet.Nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 60. 60. We've made it 60 episodes and they haven't canceled me yet. For a Friday, March the 18th, 2022. Have you all used your shamrock coins? Have the leprechauns gone back out and find their pot of gold? Pots of gold, I guess I should say. Have the rainbows disappeared? The rain is finally letting up. What a crazy week here in the Crescent City. You know, it started out, we were going to be talking about the NCAA tournament all week long. That was going to be, all of our focus was going to be on the NCAA tournament. And it still is to some point. But not here in New Orleans. Our focus is on number four of the Houston Texans currently of the Houston Texans, soon to be playing for the New Orleans Saints or the Atlanta Falcons. And it's all Saints fans can think about or talk about. We're going to get into all that, and 96% of this show is going to be focused on Deshaun Watson. So if that's not what you want to hear or talk about, you've probably picked the wrong podcast, at least today. Now, you can go back into the On Demand and listen to any of the other 59 We've got plenty of great interviews with Ricky Jackson, Dale Brown, several with Jeff Duncan. All kinds of great interviews. David Baker, the former head of the NFL, of uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All kinds of great interviews. But today is about Deshaun Watson. And Jeff Duncan is going to come on. And, and I don't care what anyone says. You can have all the people that know all they want to know. All their social media gurus. We're going to get into the social media aspect of this because it is it is key. It is big. I've never seen anything like this. Uh, people who kn- have people that know somebody. My aunt's great uncle's friend who lives next door to somebody said that Deshaun Watson is signing with the Falcons. Oh wait a minute, my. My uncle's auntie's nephew's grandson said that he's signing with the Saints. Who the hell knows? Nobody knows. Again, I don't think Deshaun Watson knows. As I sit here on a Friday morning, I don't think Deshaun Watson knows where he's going. But we're all going to find out soon. The latest news is, according to the people that most of us respect, and know what they're talking about, say that he's going to take the weekend to decide. So we went from yesterday on at the book, thinking it was going to happen probably before we got off the show or right after, on Thursday night, just an hour or two later, found out that he wants to take the weekend. And it's a huge decision. Now, putting all of his legal issues aside for just a moment, because obviously we you can't talk about this situation and not talk about his legal issues. You simply can't. And I'm going to get into my thoughts on that in just a moment. And Jeff Duncan and I are going to get into our thoughts on that in a little bit. But this is a huge decision, life-changing decision for this young man. Wherever he chooses, there is a decent chance that he's picking the franchise that he's going to spend the rest of his NFL career with, or at least the prime years of his career. There's a good chance wherever he goes, he's going to be there for eight or ten years, maybe longer. And the Saints are in a situation now to where they're trying to make Deshaun Watson their Drew Brees. And a lot of people cringe when they hear that. Because when you think of Drew Brees... Rightly or wrongly, you think of this family man, a guy you would want to be the face of your franchise, and there are a lot of people who have a problem with Deshaun Watson being the face of a franchise, especially the one that is near and dear to your heart. And I get that. And it, but at the same time, this man is thinking about what he's going to have to do to put this stuff behind him. And I don't even like using the word stuff. That that means that I'm that almost sound, when you say stuff, it almost sounds like um like you're lowering it. Like you know, I should be able to use better words because I'm a writer. But I, I'm having a tough time with this one. I don't want to underemphasize where he is and the importance of what's going on outside of football with Deshaun Watson. But he has to choose right now in his mind, he's thinking about, does he want to go to his hometown Atlanta Falcons and change his image there for a team that at least in the near future is probably not going to win a lot of ball ballgames. Arthur Blank can sell him any kind of Milwaukee he wants to sell him Atlanta is not winning any big games anytime soon. They're just not. And it's not Saints versus Falcons. uh, Ha, 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 you stink 28-3. to Ha, 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 you've been losers for the last four years. You're not winning anytime. They're, They're not winning anytime soon. The Saints, on the other hand... If they get to Sean Watson, whether you want to get to Sean Watson or not, become instant Super Bowl contenders. Period. Because if you get to Sean Watson, there's a good chance Teron Armstead stays. There's a good chance this offense goes back to being a top ten offense to go with your top five or top ten defense. The Las Vegas the Las Vegas odds makers have shown you. That they think that if the Saints get Deshaun Watson, they're now among the ilk of a team like the Dallas Cowboys. You can hate the Dallas Cowboys and make jokes about them all you want, but the Dallas Cowboys are Super Bowl contenders. They were one dumb flub away from having a chance to move on and beat San Francisco last year. And San Francisco, we saw where they ended up in the NFC Championship game. So make jokes all you want, but that's where Vegas thinks that these Saints go to if they get Deshaun Watson. And I think Vegas thinks the Saints are getting Deshaun Watson because when you look at the odds that have changed for the Falcons, they went from 40 to 1 to 30 to 1. The Saints went from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 to 18 to 1. So the Saints, that's what he has to decide right now and it's it's his decision. I mean Obviously, the Texans have signed off on those two teams, and whatever trade offers have been made, they've been accepted by the Texans. So now the ball is in Deshaun Watson's court, which leads me to, should the ball be in Deshaun Watson's court? We have, I don't need to sit here and tell you what's been going on with Mr. Watson, and... The troubles that he's had outside of football and the reason why he didn't play football last year. It wasn't simply because he didn't like what the Texans were doing, it's because he was trying to take a lot of this attention off of himself and hide under the microscope, hide away from the microscope, so to speak. But he knew whenever he came back that the microscope was going to be back on him. And now that he has been, that a grand jury has decided not to take up this case, doesn't mean he's innocent, and it doesn't mean he's guilty. And so now you as a fan have to decide on whether you want him to come here or not. I mean, it's not up to you whether he comes here or not. But if he does come here, you have to decide on whether you're, I've seen so many posts on women Saying they're no longer going to be season ticket holders of the New Orleans Saints if Deshaun Watson is the face of the franchise. I get it. As a husband and a father of two young girls, it is tough for me to put together an opinion on how I feel about Deshaun Watson and whether he would come here or not. Because I'm torn. When you have an accusation made, and no one can make light of, sure, their accusations and their allegations, and a man is innocent until proven guilty. And it's a tough thing, though, when 22 women come out and say basically the same thing. So, as a father of two girls, I have to feel, I have to wonder what I would feel like if Deshaun Watson came knocking on my door. And saying, oh, I'm going to bring your daughter to dinner. Now, my daughters aren't old enough to go to dinner with anyone besides their mommy and daddy. But that doesn't change the way that I think about it. It's a tough thing. And so, while I understand where these women are coming from, and I, well, you know what, maybe I don't understand I can see where they're coming from, I guess. But at the same time, I have a problem with society saying that someone doesn't deserve a second chance. And you know what? Maybe it's not even a second chance. I People are innocent until proven guilty in this country, right? So, maybe it's not a second chance. Maybe it's Maybe we give someone the benefit of the doubt, maybe. And I'm saying maybe because everyone has to judge this for themselves. I'm saying from my own point of view. Do we give someone the benefit of the doubt? He's going to have to pay something because he's not going to win these civil suits. They're going to be settled out of court most likely. And it's going to cost them a nice chunk of change. And he's going to be suspended For a minimum of four games, more likely somewhere along the lines of six. He's going to have to pay for that. But again, what is he paying for? What do we know? We don't know anything except that there are accusations and allegations. And this is going to follow him. And here's my thing on this. I mean, I get into this with Dunk in just a moment. Gail Benson is signing off on this trade. Gail Benson is allowing her administration to make Deshaun Watson the face of this franchise. Don't you have to lend some credence to that? Don't you have to trust that some, oh, it's all about money. Well, yeah, it's all about money. But if it's all about money, or, and you're, are you really willing to put your franchise's hands in the, in the hands of a man that has been accused of such, I mean, there's no other way to say it, heinous issues? I've got to believe that she has gone and done due diligence as her administration has done. Because the Mickey Loomises of the world, the Dennis Allens of the world, and a lot of other people involved in the administration, their jobs are on the line. Because if he were to come here, if Deshaun Watson were to come to New Orleans and were to be involved in some sort of discretion along the lines that he's been involved in, again, there's a lot of people getting fired. Not just Deshaun Watson. Suspensions will be the least of this team's problems if we were to do something along these lines again. I'm torn. I I, I think that if this you know, if you want the Saints to be a Super Bowl contender, it's going to take someone along the lines of Deshaun Watson. And then a lot of people will ask the question: Would the Saints even go out on a limb for someone with these kinds of problems, if it were a second-string quarterback, or a top-notch receiver, or a starting right tackle, or a linebacker? No, we know that. But this isn't what this. I mean that. It's not one of those positions. This is the face of a franchise. A starting quarterback, at least one that is not a rental, which is what the Saints have gone through in the short period of time that Drew Brees has been gone. This is the next Drew Brees, whether you like it or not. What happens if they don't get to Sean Watson? Does Jameis Winston become the... Next, Drew Brees, and I see so many people talking about how I went into a tuxedo store the other day. Lady helping me. I don't know. I I, I think I had my Noah shirt on, so she just started talking to me about the situation and my thoughts. Why well, I don't want him. I hope we sign Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston has had issues of his own. No one's talking about that now because we've moved past it. Can we move past all this with Deshaun Watson? I think yes, in the long run. But again, I get where you're coming from, ladies. I get where you're coming from, dads of of daughters. I it, it's a tough opinion. I'm not going to downplay anyone's decision uh, or opinion, rather, or well, I guess it's a decision if you decide not to re up your season tickets. So I'm not going to downplay your opinions or decisions but I think that everyone we're just so quick to judge in society today. And I haven't seen anything that would make it to where I don't think that Deshaun Watson deserves a chance to play in the NFL and move forward. But I get it. And I and I get that we're going to be talking about it a lot. So Speaking of talking about it a lot, let's get into it here with Duncan. And uh, again, no one has the insight of this franchise more than Jeff Duncan, which is why he's on today. And I appreciate so much that he has helped um, make this podcast what it is in such a short time because I couldn't have done it without him. And we couldn't have done it without him. So let's get to him and we'll talk about it a little bit more when he's done. Welcoming into the Datitude podcast, the Datitude's best friend, Jeff Duncan, here to, I don't, I don't know what we had to talk about, uh, there's just nothing going on around here, um, just no news at all, but we'll find something to talk about this morning, Dom.
1: Yeah, it's all quiet on the Western Front, right? No, nothing right. going on, real, real doldrums of the offseason, uh, you know, it is It is funny, JD, that, uh, that this is going on because it does remind me a little bit about uh, of the time back when Sean Payton's first year when he took over and they were in the pursuit at that time of Drew Brees and nobody knew Drew Brees was going to be Drew Brees at that right. time I mean everybody knew he was a good quarterback but it does feel very similar I mean there's, there's no other answer right now nobody knows who it'll be if it's not Deshaun Watson I guess we assume it'll be James Winston but it reminds me of that time, 16 years ago, when it was kind of the Wild West, we didn't know where the bullets were coming from. And um, uh, it's amazing. It's been 16 years. It feels like it wasn't that long ago when all of us went down with, with Breeze and Pate.
0: And I think the hype for Deshaun Watson is more than it was for Drew Brees. Because as you say, oh, yeah. at the time, Drew Brees was not with Deshaun Watson. Had, and forget, let's don't, I don't, forget's not the right word. Put aside his, his legal issues. Um, which make this a a bigger story. But even if you put those aside, just the talent that Deshaun Watson has now, I think it's far ahead of what the talent that Drew Brees was perceived to have in 2005.
1: Yeah, like his his established track record is much greater. I mean, he's a three-time Pro Bowler, led the league in passing just two years ago. And I've talked to people in the league the last week or so when all this has kind of blown up and i talked to one guy who I really respect, a, a personnel guy, who said he thinks Deshaun Watson is one of the 10 best players in the league, the entire, not quarterbacks, players. Uh, and, and you're getting him at age 26, possibly. Whoever gets getting him in his prime. These guys like this do not ever become available, or very rarely. It takes an extreme circumstance, and really that's what we've got.
0: We're going to get to the negative aspect uh, in just a moment. Uh, But I want to talk about the rumors themselves. And I don't know that I've seen anything like this. I mean, you and I have both been in this business for a combined well over a half century, um, which is scary to say and scary to think. Um, But I don't know that I've seen anything like this where a a guy basically is in a position to where he can only be traded, but yet he's dictating where he's going to go. And now... He's basically leaving all these teams, and I, when I say all these teams, I know it's down to the Saints and Falcons, but there are repercussions with other teams going on where and other players where kind of like the NFL world is almost sitting, waiting, watching for what Deshaun Watson's going to do. It's crazy. I mean, I, the one person is dictating the NFL free agent market at the moment, and he's not even a free
1: agent. It's really very similar to like a a high stakes, high level recruitment, you know, like a high school kid who's picking a college. It's very similar to that. It's such a unique situation. His agent, we have to give his agent credit for getting it no trade clause into that contract because that changed everything. This isn't like Russell Wilson, who had really no say. I'm sure they went to him about Denver, uh, but, you know, this is. Uh, Deshaun Watson picking where he wants to go <laughs> basically he had the, all the teams that t- were allowed to speak to him had to submit not only trade proposals but also contract proposals of how the structure of, of Deshaun's contract would be uh, with his new team all those things had to be approved before he ever even talked to anybody so it's completely unique situation and I agree it's really interesting that so many other uh, dominoes are waiting to fall once this one falls. Like as the quarterback market is all on hold until we see what Deshaun Watson does.
0: Speaking of being on hold, I have never another thing I've never seen, but of course we we have never been able to look into the social media world that we've had. It's really hasn't become as relevant as it is now until really the last seven, eight years, and it's progressively gotten Uh, let's say worse. Okay. Um, People are hanging on the edge of their seats. So before we get to where we think or where you think Deshaun Watson is in the, in this process. And I think, I mean, I think he's probably in limbo. I don't even know if he knows, but have you ever seen anything to where people are reading stuff? And I'm going to give you uh, an example of this in just a minute, but have you ever seen anything like this where people are hanging on words of social media bloggers and
1: podcasters and radio show
0: hosts that they've never heard of before?
1: No, no, I've never seen anything like it. I think it's, it's uh, really, I guess, uh, an indictment of where we are in, in the world of media now that you've got so many people that think they know out there. And I think the lines have blurred now between credible sources and non-credible sources. Everyone that has a blog suddenly becomes an expert or thinks they're an expert uh, on the team. And I think it really is uh, exposing a lot of these people to some of the bad reporting right now that's going on. They don't know. They're not they are hearing from somebody else who's heard from somebody else. There's a lot of hearsay. Uh, they're not talking to the parties involved. The, the, there's, it's pretty clear to me that Watson's agent, David Muligeta, is leaking a lot of the information, or somebody in his uh, department or in his agency is leaking it to Aaron Wilson. I think that's pretty clear. Aaron Wilson has been uh, on top of this story from the very beginning. you know got to remember, he was with the Houston Chronicle when – Uh, when Deshaun Watson was playing for the Texans. He's no longer there. Aaron is a good reporter who worked for the Baltimore Sun. He's covered the league a long time. He's obviously very close to the Watson camp. So I would put a lot of stock in anything he puts out there. And then, obviously, the national people like uh, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, they're established. You can take it to the bank if they report it. But all this other stuff is just noise, and I would not – it, 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 I would advise people to not put any stock in it. Consider the, the source, is what I'd say.
0: And, and interestingly, along those lines, I'm just going to use an example. And no offense to our listeners, because I love you all. Thank you for listening. Please come back. Um, come back next Friday. Come back. Listen to go back and listen on demand podcast. But that being said, my son, who doesn't, I don't think, views me as as. He's never really thought of me as a sports writer. It's kind of interesting. I'm just dad, right? So he's kind of going back and forth, and he's 23. I don't know anything anyway. He's sending me all these things. Two days ago, Deshaun Watson's coming to the Saints. It's a done deal. It's all over Twitter. He's he's sending me uh, screenshots of these tweets, and then yesterday he was down in the dumps. It was like somebody kicked his dog, broke his ribs, and he had to take him to the vet because some guy, some radio show host, from Atlanta, posted breaking news. Deshaun Watson is going to be an Atlanta Falcon, and his world was devastated because it's on Twitter, it's true. And there are so many people out there that, whatever little take, I mean, CJ Gardner Johnson deleted all his Saints stuff yesterday, uh, all his tweets related to Saints. Michael Thomas unfollowed uh, Deshaun Watson, so it must be true he's going to the Falcons. I mean, at some point, and look, I'm guilty of it too. I write the story, and I wasn't meaning for it to be this thing of, okay, Deshaun Watson's coming here. I'm just saying, you know, when the odds change from 50 to 1 to 40 to 1 to 18 to 1 overnight, Vegas knows something, and it's fueling these rumors, is basically what I'm saying. But at some point, we have to wait till one of the guys, like you're talking about, and, and you can include yourself in there, because if you write something, I know it's, it's, that you've spoken to the people that are in the know. But we can't just just take Joe Blow, who reports for 1350 a.m. in Atlanta, breaking news, and he's got 9,000 Twitter followers, that it's it's a done deal.
1: Now, the, the part of the problem with this situation is because you do have a unique circumstance in that you have one player who obviously has an agent, and so he's got a camp. And then he's got interest in four teams. Well, at least he did for a while between the Browns, Falcons, Panthers, and Saints. So there you have four teams that all have sources that have media covering them that are trying to get to the bottom of the story. So it's kind of a a spider web out of a lot of people that, that are talking to people. And that's why I think this is a unique situation. You've got a lot of people digging, trying to get to the bottom of it. I mean, I've talked to uh, colleagues of mine in every one of those markets uh, in the last week, trying to, they're trying to find out what's going to go what's going to go down for their team. So they're talking to me about the Saints. What I'm hearing, this is how this thing works. But I, I would just caution. I think this is a good lesson for everyone involved. Consider the source. Certain people are not credible, and you just have to put your stock in to the source and and not a bunch of hearsay. That's we've already seen be exposed. JD. People have been exposed for yeah. for not being credible.
0: And I gotta give a shout out to a guy like Adam Schefter who just basically got beat on the Tom Brady story. And he could have easily um, come to a conclusion on this story and say this is what's gonna happen. And to credit to his credit and guys who are have been able to become trusted over the over the past few years. No one that that's completely. No one that we completely respect. If they say, the guys that if they say it, it's true. None of those guys have said anything um, except for that it's down to the Saints and the Falcons. And so I I, I hear you, and I, and I gotta give, but I gotta give a shout out to because Shefty could have easily said, you know, if he, he might have an eighty five percent that he's going. And I'm just I'm just making it up, but this part up. But let's say he's got an eighty five percent that he's going to the Falcons. He could easily say he's going to the Falcons. And then, of course, he looks like a fool if it doesn't happen. But after getting beat on a story, a guy could easily say, i gotta be, I got to be the first on this. And none of the guys will respect of saying that anything's done.
1: Yeah, and I, look, I think it's, it is what it is. He's torn. He, this is a very big decision for Deshaun Watson. It's gonna, it could define his career. Where he goes, he's probably going to be uh, playing for the next decade, more than likely. Uh, that's a huge decision. Uh, it's bigger than a college decision for a top recruit. I mean, you're only there four years. So this could define uh, not only his career, his legacy, you know, could he win Super Bowls? Does he go to the hall of fame? This is a huge decision. So I understand why it's so hard. It, and it's involving his hometown, uh, you know, right outside of his own, his hometowns Gainesville, Georgia. He does a lot of work uh, in Atlanta. He spends the off seasons in Atlanta. Uh, so, I'm sure he's legitimately torn between going home and maybe trying to be a hero back in his hometown or the new Orleans saints, which have done an incredible job of recruiting him and putting and showing how much he would mean to them and knowing that he could step in right there and maybe, maybe win a Super Bowl right away. That's a tough decision. So, and, and I think everyone's pulled out all the stops. So I have no problem at all with him taking his time. Why? Who's just forced him. I know, Fans are saying, well, the team's on hold. Yeah, he's got he's got the leverage. It's no different than if Arch Manning tells Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, Texas, I need more time. You think they're not all going to wait until That's Arch exactly. Manning makes a decision? I mean, that he's worth waiting. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a great player, and uh, I, I just think people have gotten into this microwave society where we want something right away. I want it now, 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 now. And it's just not the case with this situation.
0: And uh, you know, Saints fans are holding on to hope, and they should. If if assuming that they want Deshaun Watson, we're going again, we'll get into the to those who don't want Deshaun Watson, because there are plenty of Saints fans who hope he goes to Atlanta. Um, we'll get into that in just a minute. But it's no different than you know, if if a guy is from LA and he chooses to play for the Giants or. A guy is from, you know, just Deshaun Watson himself. He chose Clemson over Georgia, um, which was back at at that time, A, a tough decision for an 18-year-old kid, and B, very controversial. I'm sure there are plenty of Georgia fans who, to this day, are not happy with Deshaun Watson for making that choice. So he's been through that.
1: Yeah, no, it's a really good point. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Now, Clemson's close, but it's obviously in another state. And that's why I think Carolina thought they had a shot at him. I know they're building a new stadium. You know, David Tepper, their owner, it's wanting to build a new stadium. He thought getting Deshaun Watson, uh, they want to start drawing from South Carolina. Uh, they want to put the stadium down close to the, the, the state border between North Carolina and South Carolina. There was a lot going into that recruitment of Deshaun Watson for them. And, uh, it you know, he's, he's eliminated them, it sounds like. So I I think the other thing that amps this up a little bit, uh, Jim, is it's the Saints and Falcons. I mean, it's long time rivals, man. I mean, these two organizations go all the way back to the late 60s. You know, the Falcons joined the league in 66, the Saints joined in 67, and they've been uh, paired in the same division ever since. And so um, I think that's interesting. Whoever he picks, it's really going to amplify this this rivalry uh, going forward.
0: It's like I said yesterday on at the book. I mean, and at the time we didn't know he was going to take as long as he was to take. I really thought when we did the show yesterday from Harris that by the time we got off the, off the air, he was going to make a decision. If not very soon after, then we found out later on that he might, well, now we'll probably take the weekend, but you know, you talk about that part of it who and Falcons fans alike in the next 72 hours or so they're either going to love this guy or most of them anyway are either going to love this guy for the next 10 years or they're just going to hate him and he's a traitor and I can't stand them and right. I hope he gets his ribs broken I mean that's what that's how it, you know it's not like he's talking about the Steelers or the Saints or uh, this even this like the Seahawks who we don't really like but it's not like that Seahawks this is Saints and Falcons. I mean, that's no different than if he was picking between the Cowboys and the Giants.
1: Look, it reminds me a little bit. I'm going to go way back in time with you. Like, I grew up in Louisville I'm wearing my, my Louisville shirt proudly today because we have a new basketball coach. for are finally Peacocks. on track. Yeah, well, and, and, and St. Peter's, of course, did the showed there indeed is a god beating uh, I mean, Kentucky. So, uh, but I'm telling you, the biggest recruitment I ever remember growing up was Rex Chapman, who yeah. came out of Owensboro. Owensboro Apollo was a huge recruit, and they came down to Louisville, Kentucky. This was back when Louisville was at, you know, in the top five every year, so was Kentucky. And it was a huge recruitment. I remember that, this was back in the time before the internet where I found out about the next morning. It was a Saturday morning on the radio, your heart. They, they, and it crushed me back then. I think I was probably like 18 years old or something. I was crushed, devastated, because I thought Louisville was going to get him. It, because it was also, he, it wasn't that he didn't pick Louisville, he picked the picked rival, Kentucky, Kentucky That's right. and then the next year as a freshman, he scored 37 points and beat the hell out of Louisville in the game. So that was exactly what it's going to be like for Deshaun Watson, I think. And I think even more so for Saints fans, because let's face it, Saints fans are way more into it, way more passionate. Oh, is no question. Than Falcons fans. So I do think if he goes to Atlanta, he's going to get booed religiously when he comes here.
0: Okay. Where where we are, where you are as an as an insider, just obviously you can't tell me the stuff that's off the record. But your gut feeling on how the Saints brass feel about where they are right now, going into the weekend.
1: Well, I know they feel very good about their chances, but I'm sure Atlanta feels the same way. I think it's a 50 50 thing. There's no way to know. I don't think anybody with the Saints knows. I know the. We're, we're doing this on, on Friday morning. I know that the Saints brass was huddled up in their offices well past business hours last night uh, because they have to have a, a contingency plan, which I'm sure they do, uh, if Watson does not pick the Saints, right? They have to have a plan B, which it probably is going to be Jameis Winston, and you, you have to turn the page quickly to that. And it, it, like we said earlier, there's a big domino here. It affects everything. They've restructured their entire salary cap to make room for Watson, So it'll be a huge setback if they don't get him. Make, make no mistake. And they'll have a huge drop-off in talent at quarterback, no matter who they get, because Deshaun Watson's a special, special player. So I think they feel really good. I mean, I know that they made um, a special trip down to Atlanta. They were at the horse farm up in uh, outside of Lexington, Kentucky, all the executive staff and Gail Benson, and she wanted to talk to, to Deshaun Watson, and they detoured back from uh, Kentucky to Atlanta where Deshaun Watson was after he'd met with the Falcons and had a face-to-face with them, I think that tells you all you need to know about how big this decision is, that, that the owner wanted to fly and speak to him face-to-face. Now, that, that also is coming on the heels of Atlanta. with Arthur Blank meeting with him. So you got owners involved in this. Uh, that shows you uh, just how important this whole decision is.
0: There is no question wherever he goes, he becomes the face of that team's franchise. And um, immediately, um, good or bad, whether you like it or not, that's just the way that it is. If he signs with the Saints, he becomes basically Drew Brees. If he signs with the Falcons, uh, he becomes Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan will be playing elsewhere. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you, I, speaking of Matt Ryan, I don't want to derail because there are a few more questions I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson, but I got to say, I've gained a whole new level of respect for Matt Ryan because, you know, we saw Baker Mayfield fly off the handle because the Browns were, were interested in Deshaun Watson and you're a moron, Baker Mayfield, if you don't think that a pro football franchise has to do what's best for them. And this is obviously a franchise changing type situation. But i got to give a lot of respect, and I've given Matt Ryan a whole bunch of junk over the past 10 or 15 years, or 10 or 12 years, I guess. Uh, But the way he's handled this situation, and he could have said, you're not pushing my bonus back or anything like that. You give me my money. And he has been nothing but class and says, you know what, out of respect for this organization that I played for for a dozen years or however long it's been, Go ahead, do what you got to do. I understand that this is a franchise-changing uh, deal. And um, just a, a, a big clap to Matt Ryan.
1: Yeah, another a great point. I mean, how many other players would do that? Not uh, and, and look I've always, I've always said this about Matt Ryan. I know Saints fans love to ridicule him and make fun of him, but I can tell you my dealings with Drew Brees, and, and I've had a lot of talks with Drew off the record and stuff, he loves Matt Ryan. Uh, there's very few players in the league that he respected more than Matt Ryan. I mean, we're talking like maybe a handful, yeah. maybe a Tom Brady or something. He he really respects not only the person, but the player. He thinks he's a great player. He, he's told me that he believes he's a Hall of Famer. I know people don't believe that, but you look at his numbers. He might be. Uh, they're, they're pretty strong. Now, he hasn't won at the highest level yet uh, or in his career, but his numbers are up there. But just the fact that Drew has that much respect for him, uh, you know, tells me a lot because yeah. – uh, I just haven't heard him speak that glowingly about players in the past. So, and, and to do what he's done, and he's very being very selfless. And let's face it, we live in a very selfish, me, me, me society today. 100%. With, with selfies and, and everybody's got their blogs. And uh, this is a great example of a guy who's putting, uh, I, I think about Mark Schlesinger, the coach at UNO. Yeah. His first message to his team every year when he gets his team together is it's not about you. You know, you we've been recruiting you to you how great you are. Well, you know what? It's not all about you. It's about the team. And that's clearly what Matt Ryan's saying right now.
0: There's no question about it. And again, I've, I've just grown up a, a whole different level of respect because I don't even know. I don't know if I could be as, as front and not just the fact that they say, okay, push me back, do what you got to do. He hasn't said one negative word on social media or TV or a radio interview. And I think 26 of 32 are the quarterback. Just look at the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle. Um, You know, just would he have reacted like that? No, no chance. So hats off to Matt Ryan on that. Um, Deshaun Watson, what do you – you know, we've heard all these different things. And obviously, we don't know what player would be involved. But obviously, there would be some key player involved. But do we think it's – is it three number ones? Is it more than three number ones in a player? What is your – Best guess on what it would what the offer is. Obviously, there's already an offer in, and Houston's basically accepted it. If that's where Deshaun Watson wants to go, your best guess on how much the Saints are going to have to pay to get this guy to come here?
1: Yeah, look, I think the asking price has been pretty well reported. That's it's three number ones, uh, some other draft picks, and or players. I think for the Saints, the three numbers one. Look, if we're just talking about a how much it's going to cost thing. I think for Deshaun Watson, you, you roll out the barrel and you get him. I, I think he's that good. So I don't have any problem with, this, especially I, I think with the Saints situation, we know right now they've already lost uh, Marcus Williams. That's going to be another third compensatory pick next year. They're going to get back at a minimum. Now, if they lose Teron Armstead, which sounds like he's waiting to find out, but uh, you know, if they lose him, that's going to be another one. So, I think they've already calculated in, hey, we're going to get some of these picks back that we're trading away. And then the big one, of course, is Sean Payton. And I personally believe Sean Payton will be coaching somewhere next year. That's just my belief. I don't have any insight. I just feel like this guy is going to have the itch to get back into coaching. He's competitive. And if he does come back, somebody's going to have to trade for him, and they're going to trade high picks, probably first-rounders to get him back. And I think the Saints know that. So I think they look at this as like, hey, let, let's trade whatever we got to do. Get this franchise player in here, and we'll get these other picks back eventually. And I think it probably will include a young offensive lineman or defensive player uh, like a uh, Cesar Ruiz or an Eric McCoy or a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, somebody that's on a, a still on the rookie contract because the Saints really can't afford to trade somebody that's been established because of some of the salary cap implications.
0: That is an outstanding point about the compensatory picks, and I really never thought about – I thought about the ones that we already have, and I was trying to explain that to my son. I'm like, it, it's not going to kill us because you do get we, – we are going to get two extra third-rounders, which is a big deal. I mean, Alvin Kamara was a third-round pick. Um, so if they do it right, it, it ends being big. But I never really thought about the other ones, and you're right about, you know, Teron Almstead, when he if he goes – um, Sean Payton. So in other words, Saints fans hope the Cowboys suck this year.
1: Right. No, that's right. <laughs> I, I don't believe. think there's any doubt. And, and look, I'm hearing this, and I'll, I'll break a little news here, but I'm hearing Sean Payton might not do TV. That, that uh, This might not be his future. He might just sit out, you know, personal life, get in shape. You know, he wants to get back in better shape. I know that. He may just sit on the sidelines for a year, and if he does that, I guarantee it, just knowing how he's wired, he's going to get itchy to get back involved. And he's still a young man by NFL head coaching standards. So uh, now he wouldn't jump at just anything. That's one thing he won't do. He won't go to a dysfunctional organization. He's not going to just take any job. It's going to be a good job, but one will open. We know how this league works. usually Six to seven openings every year. One will come along that he wants. And I think the saints will negotiate. And I've, I've talked to the people involved. I mean, they're going to drive a hard bargain to get Sean Payton. They're going to make somebody pay through the nose, just as the Texans are going to make these teams pay through the nose for Deshaun Watson. That's how this business works. And I think the Saints feel good about their, their chance to leverage that and get back the picks that they're trading.
0: Interesting about Sean Payton. Um, and this hasn't been talked about, but you, you mentioned in your column that Deshaun Sean Watson, this, the Saints wouldn't even be involved as, as Sean Payton were still the coach here. Because I I don't want to make it sound the wrong way, but Sean Payton wasn't a Deshaun Watson fan. Obviously, the Saints had a chance to draft him uh, four years ago and didn't um, because Sean Payton's not a fan. So that leads me to Dennis Allen. Dennis Allen obviously is trying to follow the Sean Payton blueprint. And although – so it's kind of ironic. Even though Deshaun Watson isn't a Sean Payton kind of player or – kind of guy or whatever it is Dennis Allen says look I'm going to come in if I can get a franchise quarterback and a face of this franchise like a Drew Brees right off the bat and I'm not comparing their personalities or their side lives or whatever I'm talking about on the field then I can turn this into a gig to where I can be like a Sean Payton and I can be here for a decade or a decade and a half if I can get started the right way
1: yeah, I think that's exactly you, – you, I couldn't say better than what you just said. I mean, I think the Saints look at this as a rare, rare opportunity to get a franchise quarterback in his prime. And, and look, they obviously have looked into this, uh, these off-the-field issues. Whether you agree with it or not, the one thing you, that is unequivocally true is these NFL teams have high-level – security, intelligence gatherers. I mean, they know everything. Uh, now, you could make a, a, a judgment one way or the other how you feel about Deshaun Watson, but the fact is the Saints know everything. They, they definitely know everything, and so do the Falcons, and so do the Browns. That's why I do think it's interesting how these teams are falling all over themselves to go after Watson after the criminal charges got cleared. I mean, it was like a gold rush for this kid. Uh, it says a lot about not only the, uh, the uh, value that people put on a player of this caliber in this league, but it also says something to me about uh, what they think of Deshaun Watson. They must feel comfortable in, in bringing this guy in because a lot of teams wanted him. I mean, there's a lot of teams that didn't even get their foot in the door because Deshaun Watson said no or the Texans said no. and Probably the you know, AFC South opponents, they're not going to trade him to the indianapolis colts they have to play him every year so the, a lot of teams that might have had interest didn't even get uh, you know in the mix so that says to me a lot about uh, the, the, the 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 widespread interest in him i don't think it would be the case if there really was a lot of uh, disturbing stuff that they felt like they just weren't comfortable with so there's something there that that speaks to me about the the widespread interest
0: you're one step ahead of me in, in this podcast. Jeff Duncan here on a Friday morning on Datitude. You've led me exactly where I wanted to go. It's almost like you're reading my mind because that's obviously where I'm going next. Veering right into that. I have read things on social media. And, I'm, you know, I take things with social- on social media with a grain of salt or whatever is smaller than a grain of salt. I still haven't figured that out. Um, but there have been, and this is the, the touchiest of touchy situations. There have been so many women out there that I've read, and, I, and I'm talking about multiple. I'm talking about probably in the teens, um, going through Twitter and trying to find out what's going on yesterday. So many women saying that if Deshaun Watson, and Saints fans, women Saints fans, Deshaun Watson comes to the Saints, they're done with the Saints. Um, meanwhile, you've got a whole plethora of men and women saying, please come to the Saints you can change this franchise. Please be a part of the winning. It is. I, I think what you said about the Saints and other all these other NFL teams doing their diligence. I don't think if there were, and I'm I'm not diminishing anything that has been, uh, allegated against Deshaun Watson, at all. But at the same time, these teams have done their due diligence, and if They're fawning over this guy. They're falling over head over heels with this guy. Several teams. I mean, multiple teams. We're talking about 10, 12 teams that were interested. And the other 18 already have their quarterback, so they couldn't be. Or the other 20 already have their quarterback, and they couldn't get involved. So I guess what I'm saying is if if the brass, including Gale Benson, who obviously you talk about it, I mean – She's going to have to answer a, a bunch of questions. If the Saints sign Deshaun Watson, she's going to have—I mean, I'm talking about a bunch of questions. She's going to have to come out and speak. If if the Saints end up signing Deshaun Watson, so I guess what I'm saying in this long-winded question statement, there's got to be something to there. There's got to be something to his character that says that what we've seen in the news and these allegations against him or at least overblown to some aspect, some degree.
1: Well, yeah, that's it. I don't know. You know, that's one thing I would say is I don't think anybody... Yeah, I'm not knows, asking you for
0: your opinion on that. I'm, I'm saying what the, the opinion, obviously the opinions of, of, and the investigations done by the teams, it's got to be there of their opinion that that is the case, not your personal opinion that they've done all this work or else they wouldn't want to bring someone like that in.
1: I, I think generally what this all comes down to Jim is trust, right? I mean, the, the, the teams are trusting to Watson, that he's being honest with them, that, uh, that he is not going to have these issues going forward, that this was a, a something of a period of time where he lost his way, whatever happened. They're trusting to Sean Watson in turn. Uh, Gail Benson and the other owners are trusting their personnel people that they've done their work and that this is not going to blow up on the organization and it's not going to be something that uh, embarrasses the organization going forward. And then ultimately, the fans are trusting that the organization is doing the right thing. And uh, that's where I think Saints fans are right now. You're divided, right? And the Saints, I'm sure, know they're going to lose a lot of fans because of this. Uh, There's going to be a lot of people that do not agree with this. You're making the face of the franchise a player that's been accused by 22 different uh, uh, massage therapists of sexual misconduct. It's not one or two women, like, say, the incidents with Ben Roethlisberger. We're talking about 22, and there could be even more, for all we know, that have never come forward. So I think there's got to be some hesitancy from not only the fan base, but also the front office. And, and they have, I know these men in the front office very well. Mickey Loomis, uh, Michael Perrington, the new pro, pro personnel director, Dennis Allen, uh, Kai Harley, uh, you know, Jeff Ireland They all have daughters. I pointed this out in, in my column. They all have yeah, daughters, so they all I. have wives, right? Yep. They have to be talking to them and explaining to them why they feel this is a, a move that the organization needs to make. Uh, the, the thing that's conflicting about it all, Jim, is Deshaun Watson came into the league with, and, and, and I'm saying this, I would have said this long before the Saints' interest in him. Uh, he came into the league with one of the strongest character profiles yes. I've ever heard. It, it wasn't just that he was had a clean off-the-field reputation. It was the strength of his entire profile. Like, it was the most... Important thing about him. There were a lot of people, including Sean Payton, that didn't think he was going to be a great quarterback in in the NFL. A lot of NFL people, because he had some like quali- uh, some uh, traits as a passer that they didn't think would translate to the NFL. So a lot of people didn't think physically he would be that great a player. But everyone thought he was going to be a great leader and a great person. I mean, everyone. You talk to people with the Manning Award, the Sugar Bowl people. He won it twice. No one's ever won it twice. And they do a lot of work on making sure they pick not only the best player, but the best person. They, that means a lot to the Manning people. They rave about Deshaun Watson. So it's not just that he was—he didn't have any incidents. It's that he was revered as a character and a leader. So it, it, it's, it's really conflicting. That you talk to people around the league, people that know Deshaun Watson, they will say the person I'm reading about and the person I know are two different people. So obviously I don't want to, minimize what happened is clearly some stuff has happened. I don't. I think it'd be naive of anyone to think that there's something, that, that something didn't go on, that this needs to be addressed by Deshaun Watson when he comes here and we need to find out there needs to be transparency. And then it comes down to, do you believe in, 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 in putting this guy as the face of your franchise? Do you believe he can be rehabilitated? Do you believe in second chances? All those things. And I think people are more willing to do it for someone of his quality as a quarterback, clearly in this league, than they would if he was a a journeyman backup linebacker.
0: And quite frankly, Dunk, there are jobs on the line. And I'm not just talking about Deshaun Watson's job. If Deshaun Watson were to come here or Atlanta or wherever else, wherever he goes, if he were to get into trouble again, you're talking about multiple jobs. If he comes, just to say for the – argument's sake, he comes to the New Orleans. And he gets into trouble again. I mean, I don't think Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen and, and a whole bunch of other people are going to be able to dodge the trouble themselves because they're putting their careers on the line,
1: vouching for Deshaun Watson to Gail Benson. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And look, I, I think really what it comes down to is, yeah, I remember when um Paul Tagliabue came to the Times-Picayune back after Katrina, when when all, all that story was unraveling with the New Orleans Saints and San Antonio, and, and we were reporting on that pretty hard, and, and obviously Tom Benson was in the crosshairs and was receiving, remember all the refrigerators around town? You know, yeah. took Tom Benson with you, and uh, he was really getting beaten up pretty bad in the press, and and Paul Tagliabue and the NFL brass flew down. They met with our our um, editorial board at the old times picking building on how I remember afternoon. I was in that me- <laughs> yeah I was in that meeting and, and Paul who said something that day that I think applies here and that is you know he said in America in our society today we want we want to make it simple and put a white hat or a black hat on everybody and it's not that simple there's there's a lot more gray and everyone's complicated and and I think this situation it applies it's it's very nuanced very you know I think people are just, oh my God! On one side, there's no way you can put this guy on the field. You know, he's a predator. Uh, you know, this can't be. This can't be done. There's other people just, hey, I'm a Saints fan. I want a great quarterback. Let's just throw him out there. Who cares? And it's more in between here because of this complicated situation that uh, clearly the Saints feel comfortable and Gail Benson feels comfortable going forward. And I know Gail Benson pretty well. And I don't think she would do this. She's not naive, man. She's She knows the ramifications of this. And so that's why I, I want to hear what she has to say. I think the Saints fans deserve to hear what Gail Benson has to say if they sign Deshaun Watson.
0: I also think that, and I said this in my monologue, that people are quick to judge about everything. Um, of course there's going to be a civil suit, and we'll find out – it's almost a certainty that Deshaun Watson is going to have to pay some kind of money to these 22 women and maybe more. Um, but that doesn't mean that he is guilty of anything. None of us know what happened behind the scenes. Not a, not a single person listening to this podcast, not a single person commenting on, on social media, not a single Saint season ticket holder has any idea of what happened during this time. I'm not saying And I'm not defending Deshaun Watson. I'm just saying in in our society, we are quick to lay blame to someone about something that has been blasted all over the news. And and if we haven't learned yet, we're never going to learn that just because allegations are brought against someone. Again, I'm not defending Deshaun Watson because I don't personally know whether he's innocent or guilty. Um, That's not for me to say. Um, but at the same time, I am all about giving someone a chance and whether it be a second chance or whether he doesn't need a second chance, he knows what he did or didn't do. And maybe in his mind, you know, I'm just saying that we are quick to judge. And I think that is a major problem. And it has delved into the football world. It has delved into uh sports world because players get accused of things. Sometimes they're found guilty. Sometimes they aren't. Sometimes they're found not guilty and they are guilty. We don't know. But the fact is none of us know what happened behind the scenes. And so whoever gets to Shawn Watson needs to think of it. I think at least my opinion along those lines.
1: Well, here's, here's the other thing I would say, and I, I feel pretty strongly about this. Uh, the saints have prided themselves over the last four or five years. No question. Oh, you know, yeah, their culture, the, the, the premium they put on character and integrity and in their player personnel, procurement. Uh, they, it, it's not just that they do it. They they actually tout it, right? It's something that they say and that they are they make as a point of pride and they advertise it. I don't want to really hear that anymore. I, I mean, I feel like we all know what's going on here. This is a great player, and they, they wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't Like I said, if it wasn't a franchise player, if this was a marginal prospect as a running back, they wouldn't be doing it, let's face it. They're doing it because this guy can change the trajectory of the organization in a lot of games, and they're willing to sacrifice potentially some uh, PR and some season ticket holders to bring him in. So I I don't have any problem with – Potentially them doing it, but just don't give me the lip service that right. it's all you know that they're all about character and stuff because they're willing to sacrifice it and make exceptions in this case. I think.
0: All right, Jeff Duncan, we have talked a long time here uh, about this, and I think people get where we're coming from. Uh, the insight has been fantastic. There are a couple of things I do want to touch on uh, before we let you go, and one of them is here's one thing that I do have a problem with. I understand the man is making a decision that is going to affect. I mean, quite frankly, the rest of his life. I mean, wherever, he, like you said, wherever he's going to go, he's going to be there for a decade. He there's a very good chance wherever he goes next, he spends, he finishes his career with. Um, right. So that being said, um, you've got a guy in Jameis Winston now who is hanging by a string. How long is Jameis Winston? I mean are his, I mean, and you, we don't know the answer to this, but I mean, this is speculation as well, but you got to wonder about Jameis Winston's feelings on all this. And at some point he's going to say, you know what? To hell with the saints. They want Deshaun Watson so bad and they're going to sit there and wait for him. I'm not going to sit around and wait. When does that point come for a guy like Jameis Winston?
1: Yeah, no, it's a great point. And I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, it clearly, uh, he doesn't, have a ton of leverage in this situation or else he would have applied it. He has to probably make a decision on uh, where he wants to go based on, uh, I think he clearly wants to play for the saints or he'd have signed elsewhere. I I think it's surprising to me that his market has not been higher. It sounds like there's really only a couple of options for him right now. Uh, So I think at some point, I mean, clearly at this point, Jim, he understands that this is a waiting game and he's got to be put on hold. I mean, I, I think at this point it's not going to change. He's going to wait and see, let that shoe drop, and then make his decision. I think he wants to play for the Saints. He knows – I think the, the one thing that I think is pretty clear, the Saints still have a lot of cachet around the league. Uh, you know, They know that this is a, a, a first-class organization, has a very good roster – so quarterbacks are going to want to play here. And I think that says a lot about what Sean Payton and the rest of the front office has built here over time, that they could get a player of Jameis Winston's caliber to basically put his career on hold and be a backup plan. And he's willing to do it. I'm, I'm frankly a little surprised he's, he's willing to wait this out.
0: I am very surprised that he is a, at least not even said anything. I mean, I haven't heard a peep from Jameis Winston. So I, I The thing that worried me, I guess, going into yesterday is if they didn't make the move by yesterday, you'd start to hear rumblings of Winston finding a place elsewhere. But it is clear, I mean, unless something happens that's, that that changes the, the landscape, I think that he is waiting on the Saints to make a decision. So, but, I mean, just the thought process of who that's, and I saw it all over yesterday, and it, it is a obvious concern. If they don't get Watson or Winston... They're in a whole world of hurt.
1: Yeah, unless unless they could get in the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, sweepstakes, there uh, I don't I haven't seen any chatter about where he might be going. It sounds like everything's on hold until until Watson makes up his mind. But uh, I, I personally would would be on the Jimmy Garoppolo train. I, I'm I'm a big believer in him. I think he'd be a perfect fit for this Saints team, especially what they need at quarterback. I think he'd be a perfect fit. Uh, the thing that's appealing about Watson, uh, just from a football standpoint, and I mentioned this in, my, in one of my stories I've written, is that you know he's, he's on the same age timeline as the rest of the core of the roster. He, he was part of the 2017 draft class, which we already know is the core of this team with Marshawn Lattimore, Alvin Kamara, Ryan Ramczyk. used to be Mar- Marcus Williams, the guy they just brought in, Marcus May, replaced Marcus Williams, also in the 2017 draft class. So he fits age-wise with the timeline of the rest of the roster. So it makes a lot of sense to go for him as opposed to even, say, a Russell Wilson, who's more toward the end of his career, yes. in his 30s. Uh, this right. is a guy that fits with the core of your team. That's why, another reason why I think they're so uh, interested in Watson.
0: Um, you and I were talking before we went on the air about how they've even been able to even sort of manage this salary cap-wise, and it's twofold. Um, yes, uh, people are out there calling Mickey Loomis and the rest of the administration staff, a bunch of geniuses. I saw one tweet where if they pull this off and they keep to Armstead too, then Mickey Loomis should be instantly in the hall of fame. But it's like you pointed out to me before we went on the air, every team's GM or administration, they know how to do this. They're just not willing necessarily, and what people don't understand is, they might not be willing to do the steps that need to be taken to get themselves under the cap, because the Saints are now, and have been for quite a while, they find themselves in this boat every year almost, but the Saints are leveraged now to a point to where they just don't have, whether they signed to Sean Watson or not, they're in a position to where, and the reason why they're in a world of hurt is because they don't have any flexibility now. They're, They're putting themselves there backed into a corner to where they just don't have a lot of flexibility going forward. So they better get it.
1: Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's prevented them in some cases from signing certain players that like Trey Hendrickson, uh, they were up against the cap last year and didn't have the cap room to really get him. I mean, they they had to make a decision between Marcus Williams and Trey Hendrickson and Hendrickson had a, a pro bowl year last year. So there are ramifications to the way the saints do business, but you could, if you're, you know, a Saints fan, you can make the argument, hey, look, we've been the winningest team in the NFL the last five years, except for the Kansas City Chiefs, the second winningest team in the NFL. So it's working, right? We are, we are competing at the highest level, and we're keeping a competitive team on the field. We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. It's all about the here and now. I think that's the approach the Saints are making. So I, I see both sides of this. But I do think the one thing that, that you alluded to it that I think um, – is a little misconstrued is that the Saints are operating this way because they've they've figured something out that no one else knows how to do. That's not true. Cap managers around the league all know how to do these restructures. Now, I would say this. I I pointed this out on social media, and I think it's worth saying again. uh, The reason the Saints are able to do these restructures is because they have a lot of cash flow. And that cash flow is there because they have an incredible deal with the state of Louisiana that uh, gives them – incredible flexibility with their payroll where they have cash on hand to move base salaries, millions and millions of dollars in base salaries that are doled out during the season in one eighteenth increments each week. You get a paycheck, right. right? Well, the saints transfer that money. The players don't care. They just want their money. Most players would tell you they want it up front, right? You get it to your bank account. You can invest it, it grows cash on hands, obviously uh, favorable to, to cash down the road. The Saints are able to accelerate that money forward into a signing bonus, pay players up front, but you got to have the cash to do that. You can't just, it's, it's there. You got to have right. it. And in the past, they didn't have that. They were, they were going year to year, week to week, month to month. Uh, like most teams in the small markets, they didn't have that luxury. This deal that the Saints have with the state allows them to have this war chest of cash, that allows them to be have that flexibility to make these maneuvers, and I think that's an important thing to note. The state of Louisiana has said, and I, and I wrote this: they they don't want, they just don't want a NFL team here. They want a good, successful NFL team here, and they've allowed the Saints to do that. If they meet these performance thresholds, fill the stadium, uh, they can put themselves in the top twelve of the league in revenue. And that's incredible. I mean, this is the second smallest market in the NFL. It's one of the poorest markets in the NFL. It has no Fortune 500 companies yet. They're able to compete with the Cowboys and the Rams of the world because of this deal to stay in Louisiana. A lot of a lot of uh, taxpayer dollars going to the Saints to make this thing work because we prioritize football in our state.
0: It's kind of like the war chest that's in your bedroom, right? You just open <laughs> yeah. that thing, get yourself out a, a few a few hundreds, go to Clancy's.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. No, I mean, I think it's important to note that, that like Mickey Loomis wouldn't be able to do this if he didn't have the money on hand. And, right. and so that's an important thing, the distinction that needs to but be. But something open. they realized
0: years ago that they had to be able to do.
1: Yeah, but I, I remember talking to Randy Mueller back when Randy was the general manager, when I was the beat writer. And he would tell me, like, there's certain free agents that they couldn't compete for because they didn't have the signing bonus cash. To sign that player, whereas other teams did, because we we had to sign. Like he he told me, and this is not uncommon. And the Saints still do it today. That sometimes the signing bonus might be a fifteen million dollar signing bonus, and they'd have to pay it in three five million dollar, uh, you know, installments because they didn't have the cash on hand. If the player so, was willing to do that. Yeah, and you had to get a player willing to do that. Whereas he may say, you know what, the Philadelphia Eagles will give me all fifteen billion up front. I'm going to sign there. Right. So that's that's some of the stuff that I don't think people know behind the scenes that's made the Saints competitive, uh, and and gives them huge advantage sometimes in these situations.
0: In the summer, we're going to do a podcast on, and I'm not kidding. We're gonna do a podcast solely on salary cap and how it works because, even though I've been in this business as long as I have, I got to be honest. I don't really understand it. I mean, I get the the gist of moving money around and and all the things you say. I understand. On the periphery, but I don't – I'm not uh, – it's not like I can put some Excel sheet and tell you exactly how much the Saints have when they start making moves. I don't understand it enough, and I think we need to – maybe we need to get a cap expert on here and you and I just kind of like pick that person's – pick his or her brain.
1: Yeah, no, I'd be willing to do it. You know, sometimes I think it gets lost on the some of the, the general football fan, the general Saints fan, because I do think it's so – You know this this math and calculus is, and the numbers are so extraordinary, right? It's so astronomical. Millions of dollars players are making. It's just out of the realm of most people's, uh, you know, imagination to make eight, ten million dollars a year. So I think sometimes we in the business get caught up in it, whereas I think the general fan just it's so out of their their uh, consciousness that it's more of an inside baseball thing. But it's important. To know at least how some of it works, because uh, the whole business model the NFL is based on it.
0: I just want to hold one of those checks one day. I don't. I don't need. It doesn't need to be mine. I don't need to cash it. Uh, I just want to hold one of those checks and like stare at it for ten minutes, and then I'll give it back to you. And I know they don't really do checks anymore. They pretty much do direct deposit. But I just. I just want to hold one of those. Checks. It doesn't have to be a big Happy Gilmore check. It just could be a little check, a little personal check for. And
1: it says million in there. I, I remember point. this. I'll tell this story. Uh, I, won't, I won't out who told it to me, but somebody with the Saints organization told me, remember back when Kerry Collins was quarterback in here? Yeah, of course. I, I tried David. to put it on my mind, but I remember. <laughs> okay, when Kerry Collins was playing, he had a house over in Old Metairie, I think it was, a big, one of those big mansions in Old Metairie. Had hardly any furniture over in there, and, and this Saints employee went over to pick him up, I think, because he didn't really know his way around town. And uh, I remember the, the guy said that he had hardly any furniture there. He had like a bed and like a couch and like a dining room table, a few chairs, but he had all these empty pizza boxes there. We had ordered pizza because he <laughs> didn't know where to go eat. And then he had game checks laying around, uncashed game oh checks for God. millions of dollars. that okay. were just laying around that he hadn't deposited. And this, this wow. Saints employee was like, Carrie, what are you doing, man? You need to take care right. of this. Cause that was back when they did have physical right. checks. Put and, those in uh, the bank. Said, Right, but that just shows these—you know—these these players. They make so much money, and there's some some of them are very young when they come in the league. You know, they don't probably know that much about money management.
0: Oh, uh, forgot to put this 1.5 million dollar check in the bank. Uh, uh Su- Susie, do we need any money this week? Oh no, we're good. Okay, I'll just let it sit here. All right. Well, that's interesting. Uh, the, another thing I want to discuss—a uh, serious topic that goes along the lines of Deshaun Watson, and and something that really hasn't been talked enough about is the saints are in a situation to where if they do get the Sean Watson, what is the first quarter of the season going to look like? Because there's a good chance you wouldn't have the Sean Watson because there's a very good chance he's going to get suspended. There's a more than a very good chance that Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended for a minimum of, of four games, potentially six or eight. And then you've got now the, the new cornerback that has come to the saints may, um, He's good. There's a good chance. Marcus may, he's, there's a good chance he's going to be suspended because he had DUI issues when he was with the jets. So what are the saints going into this season? I mean, we're all, uh, you know, all the Hoodats are are happy, go lucky, but they better not get a tough schedule in the first quarter of the season because there's a good chance. They, they're going to have, they're going to have to struggle a little
1: bit. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think they obviously have a plan for that and going into this, knowing I, I got a feeling that the team's, recruiting Deshaun Watson, probably talk to the league office and getting a sense.
0: You have a feeling of of how long it's going
1: to be. Yeah, how long it's going to be. But I think it's clear precedent is uh, probably six games minimum uh, for Watson and uh, certainly same for uh, Alvin Kamara. It's going to put a premium on depth. and It's going to put a premium on uh, the draft, I think. Uh, You might need to draft a running back. I could see that happening this year. 100%. Uh, the The Saints have shown, though, they can survive, I think, because they have depth when they're healthy. Now, last year was another story altogether, but they've lost players like Drew Brees. They've lost players like Alvin Kamara, Mike Thomas, and being able to withstand it as long as you can plan on it, and that's the thing. They know what they're faced with, so they've got all offseason to plan, but I do think it puts a premium on what they do as a backup quarterback. In the past, when Sean Payton was here, you know, you had guys like Jameis Winston and Teddy Bridgewater that were capable starters, Now, they're going to have to try and attract one of those guys here if they get Watson uh, because it could be a long, uh, uh, you know, band-aid, if you will, uh, at that quarterback position. But they're thinking big picture, right? Deshaun Watson, you get that guy in the building, he's your quarterback for the next decade. You don't worry about the six games that you're missing him.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I don't think that you can count on uh, an Ian Book for six games. So, I mean, you really are going to have to go get whether it's Marcus Mariota or uh, whoever else is out there, I mean, I can't imagine Jameis Winston would be willing to come here as as a backup. Uh, although well, I don't. Blake
1: Bortles. Blake Bortles.
0: Blake Bortles. Okay. Well, hey, you know what though? Yeah. We can joke around all we want. I mean, they need someone. They need. I think they need a vet. Well, and and I know he's old, but someone along the lines of a Chase Daniel who spent a lot of time here. Um, who could, who could play? I mean, they need a real backup and it's not going to be Ian book
1: is, is Gardner Minshew signed anywhere. He's the kind of guy I could see doing it. You know, he knows he's about pretty much at this point in his career. Uh, someone like that. Now, Jameis Winston has spoken. Uh, I saw that he spoke to Justina Anderson the other day. And she quoted him and he said, I want a starting job. So he he's, I think would not be an option. Uh, that would be the greatest situation ever probably for yeah. Saints fans. If Davis would sign on to be a backup again, he wants starter money. Uh, he wants a starting role. So I don't think he would be an option uh, where he goes is going to be dictated on obviously the Watson situation.
0: And Taysom Hill is not, I mean, you could throw that, get that out of your mind. That's not happening. Taysom Hill is no longer going to so. be a quarterback. So it's not Taysom Hill. It's not Ian book. The backup quarterback for next year is not in the building unless uh some way, and God, I mean, no offense, but I hope not, uh, they re-signed Trevor Simeon.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I know they like Trevor Simeon a lot. Yeah. They like him a lot, so it may guess. be him. But it, it all is going to come down to you know, money, right? I mean, it's gonna, right. like everything else, what's, what are they going to have left? You know, at some point, once they get Watson, if they got Watson, uh, then they get Teron Arnstead probably back in the fold. That's a big chunk of change. And they're going to have to make some other moves. That's the big domino that has to fall first.
0: And we'll see which which offensive lineman, uh, pot, potentially offensive lineman, is involved in this trade. Because, like you said, I mean it very well. We've, we've all heard rumblings that either Cesar Ruiz, Eric McCoy, we heard all this stuff, and he's not an offensive lineman, but, you know, C.D. Deuce is talking about, you know, taking all his Saint stuff down, uh, <laughs> making little comments about maybe he's going to Houston, who knows. I don't think any of us know, but it's going to be a, be a long weekend. I mean, it's a good thing we're we're busy anyway the NCAA tournament because, uh, I mean, otherwise we'd we'll be on Saints Watch all weekend long. But if you had to guess, you think this decision is not going to come in until Monday?
1: Doesn't sound like it now. Yeah, that's I'm what I'm guessing I think. on that. I mean, I guess uh, if you woke up tomorrow morning and had the epiphany, it would end then. But I mean, I'm giving up on trying to read this situation. I don't know anybody that the only person that knows is Deshaun Watson at this point.
0: And it sounds like – I mean, I think if you went over to his house and injected truth serum into him, I, I think – I really believe now that he just doesn't know. I think he's torn between and – it, and it's a tough decision of – it'd be like, uh, you know, one of us at the Saints back in the, in the 80s if you had a chance to sign with the Saints or you sign with the Cowboys or the 49ers. I mean, you got a chance to go to your hometown team, but your hometown team's not any good – and even as good as you are, you're not going to make them any good. The Falcons aren't, I mean, let's be frank. The Falcons aren't going to be good with Deshaun Watson or without Deshaun Watson, which is why I don't understand the move at all, unless you're just trying to put butts in the seats, uh, or you have some long-term plan. But the Saints are good right now, and they are they get Deshaun Watson. They're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So that's what this kid has to decide between, and I still call him a kid because I'm 53. Um so he has a big decision to make. Do you want to win and go to the Saints? Or do you want to go to the Falcons and your home? It's a tough decision. Yeah, I, look,
1: I think they probably convinced him that they can win down the road. And so this is a bigger decision than just this upcoming season where the Saints clearly have the advantage. I think the plan that Arthur Smith and Arthur Blank and Terry Fontenot laid out for him was probably a multi-year Building job, And he would be the catalyst for that. And there may be some, uh, you know, attraction to that. I, I look at it very similar to Drew Brees when he picked the Saints over the yeah. Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins were way better shape than the Saints at that time, but he was kind of attracted to the challenge and was mostly attracted to the fact that the Saints showed him so much love and confidence. And I think that's clearly what's going on in this state. This
0: you state. know, sometimes I think karma-wise, we've been paying for 2006 and 2009 for a long time. Um, you got Drew Brees. This could be a situation where karma comes back and bites you. Everything evens out in the end. You lose Deshaun Watson to the Falcons. I, I think it's – if I had to bet, I think he's going to Atlanta. That's just my guess. Uh, it, it means nothing. Um and then you know the Super Bowl that the Saints won in 2009 that they really had no business winning. I mean, let's be frank. I know they started 13 and 0 and they were the best team in the league in a while, but they should have lost to Minnesota, and they get the the miracle pick six. I mean, the miracle uh, onside kick. But then they should have won it in 11. They, and to me, they should have won it in the in the no call year and you get the Minneapolis Miracle, they really should have won three others. So you paid for three future Super Bowls. So karma-wise, I think the Saints are kind of keep, keep paying for things that they shouldn't have to pay for. That's just my opinion.
1: Well, I do, I do think it's impressive that Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen are being so aggressive here. I mean, that's yeah. one thing I was curious to see how they would be without Sean Payne because I know Sean Payne, very aggressive, very confident in how he goes about his player procurement I think it's interesting that they're going all in on Deshaun Watson. Uh, I wasn't sure; I thought they might be a little more conservative. clearly, uh, I misjudged that.
0: Well, maybe they—they're saying, "Look, we want to prove that we can do this without Sean Payton." Because honestly, if you're Mickey Loomis, you've heard it for 15 years. It's Sean Payton's decision. Sean Payton's done this. Sean Payton's done that. Hey, if you're Mickey Loomis, you want to say we can win without Sean Payton? I'll prove it to you. So, I mean, I yeah. guess that's—that's that's I think a big there's problem. a lot of that going on, no doubt. All right, very quickly, I'm going to spend a minute on each of these questions, one minute and two questions. First, the Pelicans, obviously coming up on their on, I mean, of course, it's late season, biggest stretch of the year, but they're playing San Antonio twice coming up, playing the Trailblazers twice coming up, playing the Lakers twice coming up. We don't know when Brandon Ingram's coming back, but a huge stretch and a huge chance for Willie Green and company to prove that we're on the rise and we're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, it looks like there's four teams kind of going for two spots there. Um, And I don't think we're going to see Zion back on the court. Uh, He's still not, uh, you know, really uh, practicing against other players and team activities. It's basically just putting weight on his foot. So I would not expect him to come in and save the day. So they're going to have to ride with what they have and hopefully get Brandon Ingram back. They're a different team when Brandon Ingram's on the court than when he's not. Defenses can concentrate on C.J. McCollum when he's not out there. Uh, So I think they have to get him back to have any hope of winning this thing out. This is going to be a huge game Friday night in San Antonio. Uh, That's the team I would fear if I'm a Pelicans fan. I think the Lakers will get it together. Uh, It's hard to believe they're as bad as they are, but I think they'll get it together. If they get Anthony Davis back, they're going to probably get one of those spots. Uh, So it comes down to Portland, San Antonio, and and New Orleans. I, I have trouble getting all excited about that. I'm sorry. It's just, uh, I think none of those teams are going to threaten anybody in the, in the playoffs. So it's just a ginned up, uh, NBA gimmick to extend these playoffs, to get people talking about it. We're talking about teams that are 10 games under 500, uh, and they're in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. To me, that's what this whole thing is about. Adam Silver wanted to create interest, uh, in markets that normally wouldn't be, uh, have that interest.
0: I know we both hope baseball doesn't ever go to that, even though they've taken a step towards that. All right, uh, I know that you don't bet on much if, if, if the subjects involved don't have four legs. Uh, but that being said, um, if you had to bet, will the Pelicans make the play in game?
1: Uh, I would say no. I'm, I think San Antonio's going to edge them out. I feel like San Antonio's kind of going this way and the Pels after that. Series where they went one and one and three in that four game homestand. I thought they would at least go two and two at least. And and losing that game at home to Orlando was inexcusable. I don't care they didn't have C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram. You can't lose. They're the worst team in the league. Uh, You got to find a way to win that game. All
0: right. Lastly, NCAA tournament. You did. I mean, you did a solid. If anybody who watched Bayou bets on Monday. Got some great tips. You said Kentucky was going to make it far. I don't think anyone predicted them to lose to St. Peter's and you said to watch out for Murray state and Murray state. I know they didn't win by a whole bunch last night against San Francisco. That was a really fun game. Anybody that stayed up last night. That was an outstanding game to watch and Murray state with the kids were cramping up. I mean, it was just, they were, they gave their heart and soul in that game. So I give them a good chance against St. Peter, but give us um, maybe an upset pick today on Friday. And I don't so let's let's make sure it's not a morning game because by the time we get this up, the morning games will be up started. So give me something in the the evening slate or that's not at least at eleven or twelve o'clock that you like maybe an upset rise.
1: Well then let me look let me look here because I'm calling up the bracket yeah, to see I,
0: which ones are not late.
1: I've got one for you. I wouldn't be shocked and, and this is later tonight. I wouldn't be shocked to see UAB beat Houston. UAB, Andy Kennedy coaching there. He's excellent. Uh, that Houston team, I have a lot of respect for. But they lost two of their best players this year uh, to injury. So they are, they've are they almost overachieved at this point. Would not shock me at all. And also wouldn't shock me to see Chattanooga give Illinois a run yeah. for their money. I, Chattanooga's won a lot of games. And with these teams that win a lot of games, I think you have to respect. You mentioned Murray. Uh, I don't care what level you're at. When you get used to winning – there's something about that. You make plays in the clutch, and we saw that last night in that Murray game. San Francisco, both those teams have incredible records, and you could see it. In clutch, they weren't wilting. They were both making plays, and you just see it in the tournament when it comes down to somebody's got to make a play. We saw that with St. Peter's in that upset. Those guys were not afraid of back Kentucky to him. at all. No, They were making big... I mean, twice Kentucky took six-point leads on them, and they just battled right back. Uh, so I, I think a team like... Um, like Chattanooga or UAB is, is a dangerous team.
0: And I love your tip about it. Cause I completely agree. I watched tournament obviously for many, many years. Um, I love your little tip about if a team struggles in the first round, they usually romp in the, like a, a, a number one seed or maybe a number two seed. Uh, one of those top seeds, if they struggle in the first round, they usually romp in the second round. And conversely, if they roll in the first round, they usually struggle a little bit in the second yes. round, which tells me, and, and, and to point that out, tomorrow, I think one of the best games in, on the docket is going to be Kansas and Creighton. Creighton had to fight tooth and nail. They found a way to come back and beat San Diego State last night, and I have been I don't know why, but I've just kind of turned games on when Creighton's playing a lot, and I've, so I've, I've seen a, quite a few Creighton games this year. I think they're going to give Kansas a run for their money tomorrow.
1: Yep, I agree with you. Kansas rolled. They really almost had like an exhibition game against Texas Southern. They weren't tested, and now they're going to get tested. Creighton is going to give them everything. I totally agree with you. I don't know what the line is on that game, but I would definitely take the to Creighton because uh, I think they'll give them a run for the money. And look, it wouldn't shock me to see, uh, you know, like Montana State give Texas Tech a, uh, yeah. a tough game today because Texas Tech plays that kind of grinded out defensive game. The other teams almost always in the game. So that's another one I think we could see a, maybe a potential upset.
0: And then on the conversely, before I let you go, uh, Gonzaga struggled for most of their game uh, yesterday against Georgia State. They gave Molly all they can handle now. Gonzaga ended up pulling away a little bit at the end, but until about 10 or 8 minutes left. So conversely, I think, and I know people love Memphis and they talk about a little penny and all that stuff, but uh, Gonzaga, I think, is going to blow Memphis away tomorrow.
1: Yeah, I, I thought that as I watched Georgia State tangle with Gonzaga, and Gonzaga was really just kind of tight. That's what happens in these tournaments. I've covered a bunch of them. Uh, when they're on these neutral courts, all the fans—yeah—there's a dynamic in the crowd. They all pull for the underdog, and so it makes the the, the pressure is all on the high seed or the low seated team, the favorite, and uh, it's tough to win. And once you kind of get over the hump, like Gonzaga did in the second half, and they started playing like they, like they're capable of. They pulled away, and now I think that's out of the way. The tightness is out of the way. They now uh, can play their normal game, and I agree with you. I think I think they're gonna roll against Memphis.
0: And and Baylor and North Carolina both rolled, so I don't know what's gonna happen in that one. That's gonna be interesting. I know that was one of the shocks to me that North Carolina just blew Marquette out of the water. They're playing really good basketball right now. That is a really tough eight-one matchup for the Baylor Bears. I'm looking forward to that one as well.
1: So yeah. I think Carolina could easily knock off Baylor. I, I don't have Baylor going far. I think they've had some injury issues. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for Scott drew and their team, but uh, they're vulnerable. I think.
0: And then UCLA St. Mary's another good game. All right. Enjoy the tournament dunk. And look, I, I, seriously, we thank you so much for coming on here. And I mean, this is uh the uh, Sean Watson is a topic that, that saints fans. That's all they're going to be thinking about the next three days until this guy makes his decision. And, uh, we're going to come back and talk about it again because if he comes to New Orleans, there are going to be people who love it. There are going to be people who hate it. And um, it, that topic is not going to go away anytime soon. Uh, we never really got into the whole uh, not in-depth with the Gail Benson situation and, and what and she's going to have to come out and talk. But uh, I appreciate you so much for for coming on and sharing insight.
1: Yeah, anytime, buddy. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll, we'll talk again soon.
0: There's no question we'll be talking about this soon. We'll be talking about it all weekend. Great insight, though. Again, like I said before, uh, we had him on. No one knows the inner workings of this franchise more than Jeff Duncan. That includes the Ian Rappaport's, the Adam Schefters, the whoever you want to talk about, the little, the little guy from Fox who thinks he knows it all. Sean Payton's gone now, so he's going to struggle. Don't get me started on that guy. But, I mean, the, the Twitter peeps. Oh, breaking news. Sean Watson's going to the Atlanta Falcons because my uncles, aunties, nephews, grandsons, best friends, next-door neighbors said so. I've got a text here to prove it. Be quiet. <sighs> Don't believe anything you read over the weekend, from anyone on Twitter. If you're looking at Twitter, and this includes my 23-year-old son who just loves to send me all kinds of stuff from Twitter because it means that it's happening, right? Just click on the guy's name. If he's got less than, let's say, I don't know. If he's got less than 50,000 followers, you probably can just take it with a grain of salt, a grain of sand, a grit, Whatever. I mean, a uh, an ant. Whatever small. The smallest things you can think of. Take it with that. Because if it's someone who hasn't broken something before along these lines, it's probably not true. Now, this guy, this, this radio guy who says he's going to delete his account with his 10,000 followers... He's got, he broke it yesterday. He broke the news yesterday that Deshaun Watson was going to the Falcons. He said he's going to delete his account if he doesn't go to the Falcons. Well, if you broke the news that it was happening yesterday, even if it happens on Monday, that really doesn't make you right. I mean, I'm sure he'll take credit for it if it happens. So, unfortunately for Saints fans, you're going to have to wait. There's no other ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to have to wait. Because it's probably not going to happen until Monday. I say this now, I'll end the podcast, I'll put, up, put it up, and Friday at 11.15 a.m., oh, Deshaun Watson's making his decision. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's truly torn. And uh, it is a tough decision. And there's a lot of ramifications, there's a lot of other players waiting to see what happens once he makes his mind up. We'll find out soon enough. And uh, if he does make his decision on Monday, we're going to have Bayou Bets on, uh, on Monday afternoon, and we probably will have another Dattitude, uh early next week, assuming he makes his decision, especially if he chooses the Saints. We'll come back and talk about it. Um, otherwise, we may wait till Friday for Episode 61. But whatever the case, so be willing. That's why you have to subscribe to this podcast. You'll find out when we have a new episode because you'll be subscribed and you get that little notification on your phone or your iPad or whatever telling you there's a new one. And if you're listening here on bet.nola.com, well, you'll, you'll, you'll find it. We'll have it posted there as well. But I, again, I want to thank you people, the listeners, so much. Uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback over the, the past couple months and almost all of it has been good. And today's subject is not just about what decision Deshaun Watson makes, but the inner feelings that Saints fans are going to have if he chooses the Saints. And it's a touchy subject, and I get it. And I hope that um, everyone can at least appreciate uh, the feelings that, that others have. For those of you who are just dismissing the whole thing, then I don't really have a lot of words for you. Because even though that we may be on the same side on what we want, and I'm not 100% sold on that's what I want, but that doesn't, I mean, you have to consider all these things. And for those of you who are on the other, other side and say, look, I just, I don't want that here. I don't want someone with that baggage, that background, and the alleged things that he's done here, I understand you, but we don't really know what he's done. To be honest, I think people need to go and do a little bit more research and see what these um, see what has been alleged and the group of people that have alleged this and how it came about in the timeline. Just take a look at that before you make a final decision on what your opinion is. And you have a couple of days to do it because, and even after the decision's made, you still have time to figure out how you feel about it. It's not an easy thing. But I appreciate you at least listening to us and um, especially if you made it all the way through. We are going to, you know, I say I'm torn, so but here's what a lot of hoodats are feeling. So I'm going to leave you with this song. And it's a lot what a lot of people feel about Deshaun Watson coming to New Orleans, right? Maybe maybe they're singing Take Me Back to Atlanta. I don't know. But that's not the way that Cowboy Mouth sings it. And I just thought this song was uh, the best one to leave you with. And I'm going to leave it with you now. Enjoy the NCAA tournament weekend. A lot going on. LSU Tigers playing tonight. We didn't even talk about them. That's how big the story is. We did not... Even mention will this is the first mention of Will Wade on this show an hour and 37 minutes in. The first mention of Will Wade is right here as we leave you. LSU Tigers taking on Iowa tonight at 620 on TNT. In the NCAA tournament all weekend long, we can expect the madness to continue. Who's going to be the next St. Peter's Peacocks? They knocked off Kentucky last night. Who's next? We're going to find out. Enjoy it. And enjoy St. Joseph's Day. We'll see you next week, boys and girls. Peace and love, my friends.
1: Take me back to New Orleans and don't
0: choice